Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. 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 Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to the Confessionals Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the contact section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want more shows on a weekly basis or access to overtime episodes like today's show, you're going to want to go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member because there you can get access to all the Thursday member shows, all the Tuesday shows ad-free, and overtime episodes when they're available just like today. Also, Fred, I haven't mentioned them in a while, but EMP Shield is a sponsor of this show. They're a running sponsor. Just to remind you guys, we are affiliated with EMP Shield. Go ahead, check them out. EMPShield.com. Use coupon code TONY for $50 off of every device you get off that website. EMP Shield, it's in the name. It shields you from EMPs. And I figured I'd throw that in there because of our guest today. We have Nick from Tales from the Grid Square. How are you, sir? How's it going, Tony? Hey, Thanks man. for having me back. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. So uh, you, sir, are in the military and you run a very interesting and popular Instagram account. Go ahead and tell the people if they don't know already, you've been on the show, I think twice now, I believe. I remember the first time I broadcast an episode with you, I called it Paranormal Military Encounters. Maybe I'll call this one Paranormal Military Encounters again or something like that. But uh, your Instagram account, tell the people about it and why you started it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I run the Instagram account Tales from the Grid Square. Um, some of your followers may know, uh, some of, some of them are new. So welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, so yeah, tales from the grid square. I started it, it basically, I am documenting and posting like this in- stories from military members of like all the weird, strange encounters they have. So 
everything from so everything's anonymous right so i to encourage people to come forward and uh you know if your listeners are listening and they're in the military and have a story to share please you know send them my way but um basically it's anything from you know if they saw something that was very mundane like heard weird noises to you know f- seeing full-on ufos and experiencing things that could be considered cryptids um I'm, I'm here for it. I try to document them all. I, uh, I post them in little like uh, slideshows that you can take a look at on Instagram. Uh, I'm very like, as Tony knows, I'm pretty much open to everything. So I post everything from, you know, uh, someone's like very mundane encounter, which is, you know, still a story to tell to like, you know, full on stories about people like experiencing strange glitches and whatnot. Or, you know, I have pictures of UFOs in from overseas on during the Afghan war that people have sent in like very incredible things. Um, highly recommend, uh, if you guys are interested to come check it out, uh, you can always message me. I also have, uh, two books and I've taken those stories, categorized them, chosen some of the best ones and put them out in two, two volumes right now. Tales from the grid square volume one and tales from the grid square volume two, uh, both of which you can find on Amazon. And, you know, I highly recommend checking them out. I've put a lot. It's all me. Like I'm the editor, <laughs> the producer, the everything. Amazon just publishes for me. Um, so, you know, you, you buy the book, you support me. And I, I appreciate those that have. Absolutely. So check it out. The links are in the description of this episode. So it's easy for you guys to find the books. Uh, Nick, man, you approach your Instagram account very similar on how I approach my show, which is people have experiences and they deserve to voice their experiences. Uh, it's it's one thing to, um, I, I guess I, I crossed this bridge a long time ago with my show uh, where it's like, I didn't know what direction to take, but I decided that I wanted to just let people who've had experiences share what they've been through. And that's how you approach the Instagram account. And I think you do a great service. And I I hope you view it that way uh, because there's a lot of guys in the military that have seen funky stuff and they're already dealing with enough stuff, you know, like real life stuff. I mean, you're in the military, you're serving, you come back with a lot of baggage. Um, There's a reason why, you know, I I support the Till Valhalla project. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm very aware of the, the suicide rate. Uh, I've never been in the military myself, but I love supporting the troops, the soldiers. I don't necessarily support all the decisions and everything our government makes that is in charge of those soldiers, but the men who are volunteering their lives to protect my freedom, I'm down with. And um, they have a lot of they have a lot of uh, pride coming back, and a lot of them don't seek the help that they they should be seeking. Uh, and so when they go through paranormal experiences on top of all the other crap they've been through. I imagine it can be a bit much. And so uh, I think that you're doing a fantastic service for those guys because they're able to have a spot to just voice the weird crap that they've been through that they don't know where to turn to. Like, like, I don't know how many guys you've talked to on a personal level, but I imagine there's a lot of guys who probably are struggling with the real life PTSD type stuff and they have this baggage as well. And at least you're giving them that outlet. And I, I think I think you're doing a great job. And I, I I just, on behalf of the citizens of America, thank you. You deserve a medal, my friend. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it, Tony. Thank you for uh, everything you said is true. And uh, thank you for your kind words. You know, I am just some guy that is a, <laughs> I'm just some weirdo that loves the paranormal and had this drunken idea after a couple of beers, like, 
why don't I start talking about all these stories I've heard in the service? Um, and it is actually pretty crazy. It has changed my my whole views on like religion and you know how this world is. Um, you know, like every base is haunted. I swear, every base, even the one that I live on. Like I just found out about a new ghost, a legend. Like these little urban legends that are like so synonymous and so local to these bases that you know people like I've never heard about like the the haunting that I that apparently occurs just quite literally down the a quarter mile down the road for me. That's wild. Um, that you um right. So let me ask you a question before we get into today's topics. And I just want to let people know some of the direction we're going here. Uh, we're going to start off with 29 Palms uh, because you hooked me with the first two stories here, the the glitch on the range patrol. And then uh, further down here, I was scrolling and I saw 29 Palms portal. And I was like, yep, I'm about that. So we're going to start off with that. Uh, and we're going to go into... Uh, also, for an overtime, we're going to be talking about giants of Afghanistan and other experiences and occurrences during the Afghan war. And then we're also going to record a member exclusive episode, which I'm really excited about, which is uh, the Fort Campbell Dogman encounter. Fort Campbell is in Kentucky, not far from where I live. And there was a pretty gnarly dogman encounter. And those soldiers I've been talking to, you've talked to, and it's very hard to get them to talk about this on the show. And so you're going to do it today. I'm very excited about all these different recordings we're doing. Before we get into this, though, I it, I just remember when you brought up the, um, the, the fact that your base is haunted, I think last time you and I talked, and I'm not sure if this was on a recording or if it was just on the phone, uh, you were talking about, I, I believe this was you, maybe it was somebody else, but it, was it you that was talking about finding something on the island, like some kind of like, there's like an old, they, 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 they closed off something and and you were thinking about going back and exploring it like there's like oh yeah what was that i can't remember yeah that was me so we were talking like off the air on a phone call oh sorry um, oh sorry never mind yeah. <laughs> was that was that a no go zone <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh i'm still looking into it i uh i have my theories it's a story for another time but uh i will definitely say uh the islands of hawaii have an incredible hidden history both military and not military um you come out here you, you, you learn very quickly from talking to people that legend and, you know, legend is a lot of fact here sometimes. Think things, terms like the night marchers, the menahune, to a lot of like the locals that have lived here, like the, you know, the real, the people, uh, you know, they're real. That's, that's stuff, right? And they're, they're stuff that apparently, you know, once you get away from Honolulu and away from the food lands and out into the jungles, into the mountains, things get very different very quickly. Um, you know, one, there's it's 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 a wild west out there with humans, and uh, two, you know, there's some there's some interesting things. I've you know, I've, I'm talking to I'm trying to get in and talk to some of the pig hunters to tell me about what they've seen out here. Uh, let alone, you know, on Schofield Barracks and like the training bases out here, soldiers see all sorts of insane things uh, in the jungles that are attributed attributed to these legends. But uh, it just goes to show like how much like history and how how things out here like. The legend of the Menahune in Hawaii is like a joke, almost like, you know, it's like, oh, it's like the little people. Well, if you go to Kauai, there's ruins. There's things that the ancient Hawaiians didn't build that are attributed to the Menahune. So it's like, were they a race of gnomes? Were they here? Like, you know, it's starting that that fact and fiction starts to blur very quickly when you start looking into some of these legends. And especially in Hawaiian culture is so ancient. You know, there's places you've been that were ancient 
to the ancient Hawaiians out here. It's insane. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, I I'm I'm friends with Alika who uh, has done show art for years for this this podcast, and he's in Hawaii. Obviously, you can tell by the name he's actually Hawaiian. Uh, he and uh, he's actually um, a descendant of royal the royal bloodline there. And um, oh, King Kamehameha. I I don't know. Maybe <laughs> sure. Uh, but uh, <laughs> if he's listening right now, he's probably like you know either yes or no. You know, but um, uh, he he's a historian. He's a historian. You, you I should actually hook you two up because you guys might actually really be able to benefit from each other. But um. Uh, he, he's a historian of the area. He is, I think, highly sought after, um, with, you know, I, I, I think, I think he's got professor type vibes written all over him. I think he's just a few years away from being, I believe, nationally recognized as a historian for the island. So, uh, he's passionate about his history. So, um, which if you know the history of Hawaii and how that all happened, he's not too thrilled either. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, it is what it is. Um, so we have 29 palms here in California. Now, uh, yes. you and I were talking about, um, I think it was Joshua tree and how, we had the Joshua Tree episode, and I forget how you brought it up, but you're just like, oh, by the way, uh, I got tons of 29 Palm stuff. It's pretty funky. And I was like, let's bring it. So uh, I'm going to hand it over to you. And I don't know if this list you sent over to me is the order you want to go in or what, but I know the first thing here is the glitch on range patrol. Uh, let's just start there and see where we go. Sure. All right. So I got to give my... Uh my fancy disclaimer of you know everything I'm saying on the show is uh, my opinion and my opinion alone, not reflective of the DOD. Um, you know, it's funny I have to say that because people keep thinking I'm like whoever the dude was. What was that Stephen Greer guy? Um, those mm-hmm. the guys on that podcast or something like that. Uh, people keep thinking I'm like some whistleblower, and I'm like, nah, sorry guys, I'm just some <laughs> dude. You wish, just, right? Just a guy. It'd be quite interest, interesting if you were a whistleblower, but you know, you still wake up and you just kind of go to work every day and do your Instagram account. You know, I joke and uh, I joke with my wife and I was like, you know, one of these days I tell people like, if you're, if you're posting something that is like breaking OPSEC or, you know, has, is like beyond TS, like TS, top secret and beyond, like, please, for the love of God, do not tell me like, let's let it, let's not embroil ourselves in that, that situation. <laughs> Uh, just not worth it right now. Uh, but I always joke with my wife, like I'm gonna post something that is like, like I'm not unbeknownst to me, like something that is like sensitive, and I'm either gonna have somebody knocking on my door or have a ninja hellfire fly through my car. Um, that's a joke, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I have noticed that sometimes posts disappear from my page. Really? Like, get deleted. Yeah, and I'm just like, hmm. I wonder if I, was, I wonder if I was supposed to post that. That's interesting. Uh, that that's um very interesting because uh, my question was going to be uh, is is that something that you and your wife are legitimately worried about having information that was shared that wasn't supposed to be shared and you just didn't know it? So that is one of my concerns. My wife, I don't think, knows too much on the subject, but uh, that is like one of my concerns. That's why I'm always telling people, especially, and I'm always very careful, right? Because a lot of the people that come to my page are typically you know, Bubba's and Joe's from the army and the Marine Corps, just regular dudes like me. So when people come forward and say like, I was in special forces or I was in Ranger regiment, I start like my, my spidey sense starts clicking off. Like, or people I had to do claim he was in Delta force. And I was like, sure guy. 
if you were in Delta Force, you would never be talking to me because those guys don't even talk to like regular army guys. Um, you know, like so like when I start hearing the special keywords, my spidey sense starts going off and I start poking. And usually 90% of the time, sometimes it's, you know, I, I was not 90, 80% of the time it's dudes just trying to troll me. Um, but, you know, unbeknownst to them, I also have people that I'm like, hey, does this sound legit to you? And I'll kick it off. And they'll be like, no, that's not the right language. No, that 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 unit like that guy wasn't in that unit. I'm in the unit. Um, but it's always something that like, especially with the freaking numbnut who leaked all of his uh, all the sensitive information on Discord to impress his Discord friends. Um, like I didn't hear about that. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that was that airman. He was like, he was they, they people. The media touted him as a whistleblower, like he was doing some service of like, you know, yeah, stick it to the man. Like, no, he was literally like, he was a private equivalent in the air force with access to sensitive information and to impress his friends on Discord's a Discord server he was on. He was taking these things like, oh, you don't think I'm I have access to this? Check this out, and would post That's it in the Discord right. server. That's right. It was like, like guy, what are you doing? So like, I'm always afraid I'm going to get some numb nut sending that to me because you know half the time I'm I'm like people don't know I'm answering questions and interviewing people in between like work or like you know when I have free time and like un- like without maybe looking too much into it I'll post something that maybe is sensitive that's always my biggest fear um, because I do just don't want that smoke right now uh, one I also you know it's social media too so I don't want to like put something out there that some Chinese agents going to see or some what Russian agents going to see or something like that. Um, which I don't know. Maybe they just think at this point, the entire United States is haunted. Maybe <laughs> I am the psyop. Maybe I'm the psyop and I don't even know it. No, they suckered you. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I would be walking on my toes too. Uh, but you know, uh, I appreciate it. You know, if you, you know, I like it. So it is what it is. I mean, let the cards fall where they may. <laughs> You know, it's not my life. I'm worried. It's it's your life. So uh, do as you will. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll. sorry about the sidebar, but we'll get into the 29 Palms. Let's do it. So uh, if you're listeners, they don't know. So 29 Palms is in uh, California. It's like out in the desert, like I believe like Mojave, basically. Um, and I actually lived there as a kid. Uh, well, I lived in Yucca Valley. My dad worked in 29 Palms. Um, and for your listeners that don't know, and maybe they do, that is like weird territory. It is like known for being strange. Like the desert itself is a strange place. Um, 29 Palms is a very strange place. And so it's a Marine Corps base. It's a massive Marine Corps base that they use to train at. But it's just wide, empty space, quote unquote, that they can go and, you know, putz around and do Marine Corps things and fly and shoot and, you know, not have to worry about interfering with the civilians. But it's in the middle of nowhere, right? And I'll tell some quick stories from anecdotally like of the weird stuff like growing up so like even as a kid i was young but i remember it was weird and it's like the human factor out there is very strange you would drive in the middle of the night like all by your lonesome like on the highway no car no nothing you would see out in the distance like miles across flat desert you would just see like one little shining light up there and that was some dude living off the grid away from everyone else out on his homestead or whatever (laughs) hanging out um like I remember going on hikes. There was a mountain behind where we live, and I go on hikes with my dad when it wasn't too hot, and we'd see all sorts of weird characters poking around and walking around back there. Like not hikers, like just dudes, maybe dudes, maybe back there with more nefarious intentions in mind. Um, obviously, we would get away from the situation, but like uh, a lot of criminal enterprise out there. Very interesting, very creepy people. Is it true that the that 
they'll warn people coming onto the base, like maybe new soldiers or something about, hey, uh, be careful. This place has a lot of cults. Yeah, so that's a so that is a a rumor slash not rumor. So there is a town called Amboy that's outside of uh, Twenty Nine Palms, I believe, it's like to the north. Supposedly, it sits in like a dormant volcano. It's like a weird town. Like all like the Marines out there will tell you like there's cults and stuff like that. Um, I have to ask my dad more about it because I like bugged into it, and he 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 did tell me that it was when he was there. And I, this this still persists to this day. If you're driving in 29 Palms by yourself and you see someone on the side of the road, keep driving. Because I've had stories, and I've had actually Marines pretty recently send it in. Like, they stop, they see a woman on the side of the road. So, listeners, if, unfortunately, you're in the middle of nowhere and you see a baby carriage, a child, or a woman screaming on the side of the road, keep driving. Because there's a fair chance that that's bait. Yeah. So, like, these dudes stopped. Um, they're like, hey, are you okay? And they saw like ten guys come out of the, out of the bushes, out of behind rocks with like machetes and stuff. And they just they they were armed and put the put their guns out the window and sped off. But like, I remember that being told, you know, if if someone knocked on the door, like, or we're driving down the road and you see someone, just like don't don't even tell us, just keep driving. Um, there's just weirdos out there. There's a there's an urban legend in Twenty Nine Palms that's like low key. It's like in the nineties. Maybe like 90s, late 80s, about the Hell's Angels. Uh, so in 29 Palms, there's all these training bases. They call them slabs, these connexes, stuff like that, uh, that they've turned into like little towns and things. And some of them are very remote. You, like some of them are just hard to get to. Uh, and there's people that go out there and live there and like live in these like these shelters, these like targets that the military has made. They go out there, people make meth labs, all sorts of stuff. So the rumor, one of the, one of the urban legends was there was a... Uh, uh, a Hell's Angels gang out there that had set up a meth lab. Now, and this is all rumor. I don't know. It's an urban legend. Uh, but supposedly, some Marines out there training came across this meth lab and got rolled up by the Hell's Angels. Like, beat them up, savaged them, like, tore them up pretty good. And they, like, basically, as a warning, like, stay away from here. So, supposedly, again, <laughs> rumor is they came back to their unit. This is, like, in the late 80s, maybe early, early, early 90s. Um, they came back to their unit, their, their battalion commander, Sergeant Major saw what had happened, heard what happened. And apparently, you know, a squad of Marines rolled out there with some firearms and apparently took care of business out in the training area. That's what? like one of the, the rumor, the urban legends out there. I Cause it, it was like, it, yeah. And it's just like, people would go, people would go out there and squat and do all sorts of weird stuff. And I just, the, the human factor out there is weird enough. Like, it's just, it's like. 29 Palms is just a kind of like a cesspool for just unsavory characters that get attracted out there because it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, on the flip side, there's also all sorts of weird crap that happened out there as well. Um, UFOs are like the biggest one. Like everyone. So like m- my dad was a pilot out there. We were very familiar with uh, like what aircraft looked like at night, uh, everything from jets to helicopters. Um, there were plenty of times we saw things in the sky. We couldn't, couldn't explain. And like, my mother and father are very like kind of realistic people. They like they they find the topics interesting of UFOs, aliens, and stuff like that. But they're like, you know, we'll believe it when we see it. But even my mom tells a story about how like she was driving down the side of the road, and all of a sudden this light kind of pops up from behind her, and it's following them, um, paralleling paralleling the car, and it's like kind of like up in up in the sky, and she's just, like opening the windows. She stops. It it stops. There's no noise, no nothing. It's like this bright light just sitting right there. It's not a star. 
she starts driving and it autumn it doesn't like it's not like if it was a star it would suddenly like like it appear to be keeping pace she like floored it and started driving and it paused and then starts shooting forward to catch up to her um and it was following her and the entire time she's freaked out and like every time she would make a turn it would just orientate itself into a different position to follow and she was like you know I saw helicopters. I've seen aircraft. At the time, my father was like before drones were mainstream. Like the, the military had drones post uh, Gulf War. Uh, my father was working on like you know like uh, not working but like um, you know part of the crews that were training with those drones to like integrate them in the military uh, before they kind of fell to the wayside and picked back up again. So like we were familiar with all the stuff that was out there. So like this wasn't an aircraft, and this thing was like zipping through trees zipping zipping around houses like up and down like mountains and like my, it freaked my mom out she was like convinced what she saw was not an aircraft not a star not in her head and my grandma was with her too and it validated everything she was feeling and seeing at the same time and she said this thing followed it straight up to our house and uh she like ran inside and the last thing she saw was this light like basically sitting over the mountain like casting casting light on the mountain and she just felt this like overwhelming sense of dread, like she was looking at something she wasn't supposed to see. And she like just shut the door and just stayed up all night with um, uh, my grandma and my grandpa. And they were just keep kept looking out the windows. And that was the end of the story. But it was just, you know, just something weird. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's got to be scary, you know, uh, going through that. I mean, just hearing the story, what I'm trying to say is hearing that story it it must have been absolutely terrifying for them to stay up all night because you hear people having UFO encounters and they don't stay they don't talk they haven't told me most people don't tell me that they stayed up all night out of fear uh, but just staying up all night checking out the windows and stuff I mean that that's got to be you know it had to be a very dramatic experience for sure yeah when I asked my mom about it it's still it's still she was like it freaked me out it still freaks me out mm. um, but you know you would just people out there too were like hey. You're going to see some weird lights out here. People saw all sorts of weird lights and stuff flashes in the distance. Um, there's another army base to the northwest called Fort Irwin. And there's another town that's like kind of like Amboy and 29 Palms called Barstow. Everybody up in Barstow knows about the weird lights and UFOs you see in the desert. It's just, it's just to them, it's like second. It's just like, you know, watching birds. <laughs> Do you have any? I, I, we're gonna we're gonna get to st the, the stories, but do you have any uh, from your dad being stationed there, and you know, you doing what you do, and even talking to all these different soldiers? Do you have any thoughts or uh, ideas as to why there's so many UFOs sighted in that area? I mean, do you think that they're it, it's just top secret technology that we have that they they use out there for testing or what? I mean, it, it could be. I mean, like the obvious is you know groom lake and uh dugway probing grounds all these like big wide open spaces because you know like area 51 groom lake you know everybody knows about it right so it's like at the everybody knew about it back then so it's like it would it would make sense that they would move equipment and stuff around and fly stuff out in the desert because there's just not that many people out there mm -hmm. um it could be i mean like honestly and like now like with the stuff coming out like in jj abrams ufo um you know, the technology we had back then looked like science fiction. Yeah. Like I can only imagine what it looks like now. Um, yeah. People out there, it was weird. Some people just, just accepted they were aliens out there putzing around in the desert for whatever reason. Um, I think there's even, 
I, don't quote me on this, but I think there's a lot of even cultural references for the tribes that live down there to, mm. you know, star people and stuff like that. And I, I believe like even some of the cave paintings at Joshua Tree depict like things that could look like a gray alien or something like that. Do you have any thoughts, opinions on the UFO video that was released from 29 Palms not long ago from Corbell? Yeah, so that one's interesting. So like <clears throat> there's... I've talked to people that have swore that that was a UFO, and I've talked to people that also said that th those were illumination flares. Mm. Um, so, a, a common thing that people—I don't think this was the case—but like you know, the, the common, the, the the common explanation for the Phoenix lights was that it was flares. Um, so, if you ever seen like how illumination flares work, so usually the art artillery will fire them into the sky, and they'll fall into like a like with a parachute and kind of float while they burn very brightly with phosphorus. And if you don't know what you're looking at at first, it honestly does look like a UFO. And there's telltale things like you could see like kind of like the fire, you can watch it slowly fall to the ground. Um, I wasn't there, but there's, <clears throat> there's guys that were that they, they swear it was a UFO and there's guys that were um, there that swear it was illumination rounds. Um, it's it's hard to tell, but you know it's funny though. We speak about twenty nine palms and aliens. There was there's all these like you know meme pages and stuff like that online on Instagram for every every conceivable niche and unit in the military. And there's one page that was um, posting a bunch of memes about UFOs, saying you know the boys from one two seven weren't crazy. We saw this like we saw aliens out here uh, with all the UFO stuff coming out. Um, so there's guys out there that swear they see these things all the time. Yeah, I, I, um, I wouldn't be surprised if people are actually seeing what they think they're seeing out there. I just don't think that all of it can be flares. It just doesn't make sense to me. No, yeah. Um, and especially people who actually know what they're looking at saying that, no, that was UFO. I mean, there's one thing for me, the podcaster who's never been in the military and has very limited experience with this stuff uh, saying, oh, it's a UFO. Like, no, idiot, it's a flare. Okay, probably right. But when you have people who actually know what they're talking about uh, saying, no, that was a UFO, that definitely wasn't a flare. It's, uh, at some point, it's not a flare. Yeah. So, uh, And there, there's some things that just don't look normal. Like, have you ever seen a, a for your listeners, go look up a B-52, uh, no, sorry, a B-2 stealth bomber when it's on its approach, like with how it has its lights set up, the thing looks like a UFO. I'm like, I'm like that looks pretty freaky. I'm not going to lie. Like if I saw that coming down the, the street at night and they turn on all their lights to mess with me, like I would be like, holy shit, that's a UFO. But you know, there, it could just, it could, it, it could be flares. Maybe could it be technology that we have? Probably. Could it be also aliens? Also a bit, definitely probably there. Like uh, maybe <laughs> big, maybe very much. So maybe <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, let's talk about the glitch on the range control. I mean, we're 30 minutes in and we've been teasing it long enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like this is a topic that I've I've heard about in the past. I've got a lot of rumors on, but like I haven't really... I, I've gotten a few stories. So not only have they told me about UFOs and unsavory characters in 29 Palms, I've just also heard that there's like weird things that occur on 29 Palms. Um, people attribute them as like glitches because they don't know how to explain them time slips if you will uh you know reversals I, I don't know like so i'll read this first one so this is uh from a marine that was stationed at 29 palms so uh the story goes <clears throat> i read uh, i was an infantry infantry man at 29 palms california and it was quote unquote 
fapped out to the provost marshal, the PMO, which is the military police, and FAP meaning fleet assistance program, to fill in billets on base without without enough of that specific MOS to fill it themselves. Most infantry guys not in their second deployment get fapped, quote-unquote, out to the PMO, gym, school, or training. I stood on the gate before becoming part of what's called the RPO, the Range Patrol Operations. It's the only one of its kind in the Marine Corps, and its purpose is to patrol all 1,200 miles of the base to protect it against trespassers, drug smugglers, and criminals. If anything suspicious happens on the training area, RPO is called out. One night around 22.30, my sergeant knocks on my door frantically, telling my roommate and I that we have to call out. No details, just get your shit on and get to the PMO to load up. When we did, it was just us Marines, no civilians, as it would take them a while to get to base. We headed out, and I had my junior Marine at the time driving so I could navigate along along with the other two vehicles. We had three trucks and four Razors outfitted with police packages. We took all trucks out. The calls for mysterious lights on a specific range that pilot flying over reported. Now there was a unit training at that range earlier than the evening, and nothing at the time had been reported. The fastest way to this place was to drive on the outside of the base on the asphalt, then cut up into the base on the east southeast side. There are abandoned homes and mine shafts out there because the boundaries to the base can be confusing, and there's not a fence that really goes around the entirety of the installation. As we are driving up through the hills, my Marines and I saw a red house, rustic, a rustic barn style with one window to the right open and a literal pie sitting on the window like in the cartoons. We didn't think anything of it and kept going. We cleared the range and found no signs of intrusion. As we were heading back, we saw the same house in the same spot. We both commented on it, and as soon as we drove past it, we stopped because it disappeared. All that was left was a, was a structure left there, metal framing. We both started freaking out, and my Marine was telling me how his family had dealt with things like this before and had weird dreams. He and I both saw the same house, the same features, the same pie with steam coming out from the top. And we both saw it suddenly vanish right before our eyes. There was no way we took a different route back. There was no way we had missed the house. It was like that. It was there. And then it suddenly wasn't. When we got back to the PMO, we told our story to everyone else, but no one believed us. This is also about out by Amboy, California, where UFO sightings have been reported and weird, weird rituals at nights occur. That's just one of the few stories of the weird stuff I've witnessed out there. One of the civilians that worked with us is a combat vet, and he said one night he was in the same area on Firewatch years ago and saw a weird light doing circles in the air and then shot off and bolted into space, leaving a trail of light behind it. 29 pounds is weird, man. That All right, so they're out there on this... Uh, I, I guess what was if I'm if I understand this right, they're not totally on base when they see this house, right? Or they were. Yeah. So like, it's it's kind of so it's weird. It's like so like a lot of the training areas in the military are just like they take up this entire splotch of land. Like, and sometimes like you have to leave those training areas to get to certain parts. Mm. So like, um, so they they had like went off the base to get back on which is still out, out in the middle of nowhere. So I guess you could consider them practically in the training area, even though it's not the official signed off training area. Um, it, it's kind of like uh, out here in Hawaii, there's all these jungles. There's no fence. It's just suddenly there's an imaginary line where there's a, this is military installation and there's like, you're in the, to get to it, you're deep in the jungle. That's not, you know? Okay. So this glitch that happened, I mean, with your experiences with 29 Palms and what you've read and all that stuff, do you think that the area is just that 
not the base, but the area is just so rich with weird um, history, things that we don't understand that that happened? Or do you think that there could be possibly some kind of uh, angle where there there was some kind of testing of technology that they both saw the same thing and then it was gone? And I'm not sure uh, by, by what was read here, uh, did, were, did it disappear right in front of them or is it something that it did? Okay. Wow. So if it was, I'm sorry if that wasn't clear. So like That's they fine. saw the house, like, Oh, look at the house. They went to where they had to go. They turned around, they came back. They're like, Oh, look, there's that weird house again. And as they're driving, it was like suddenly a change of frame where the house just vanished. And there was just like, uh, that was there, there was remnants of an old house still there though. Yeah. Yep. So it was like, like a time uh, slip. Like, yeah, like a time slip, exactly. Or I don't know, maybe they maybe camouflage, hologram. Like it's it's hard to tell. Like like I said earlier, technology is like sometimes just looks like science fiction when in reality it's nonfiction. Um like tw- I I know that whole area is is known for weird stuff. That whole part of the desert is just known for just strange things that happen. Like what do you the the little blurb like it's funny to keep in mind, they weren't even going to that house. They were driving to respond to strange lights seen from an aircraft. And they got out there, didn't find anything, came back, saw the glitch. And then when they told their story to the old guy out there, you know, he was just like, oh, yeah, I've seen stuff, weird stuff out here, too. I saw UFOs in the sky. So it's like, I don't know, you know. It's, yeah, it's Gateway weird. Gateway to another dimension? Uh, maybe. Definitely. Definitely. I'll take that as a definite for 500, Nick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's interesting because they're going to investigate something that's already supposedly quote unquote weird, you know, and then that happens. It makes you wonder if it was the two were related or separate. I mean, if we're talking about technology wise, I mean, it's not that inconceivable for me to think that our our military has technology that can can project images uh, that people see, and so if there was you know the ability to project something in your you're technically in an area where they're testing things anyways, um, maybe they didn't even maybe they were testing and didn't realize they were around, or maybe they were testing it on them. Uh, is that something that they went and had to report, or they keep it to themselves? Yeah, it sounds like it's something they tried to report and they were just kind of like, oh, ha ha. Okay. Like, you know, like, go away. It's like, I, so like, it's funny you say like the, I very rarely see like evidence when it comes to these stories of like cover-ups. Uh, sometimes like in the dogman stuff we'll look at, there's like not necessarily a cover-up, but there's an implication that, you know, there's, there's a little bit more known than is what is being let on. Um, like, and I don't know, like, some, you know, somebody somebody brought up to me is like maybe they just all know about this stuff and it's just like the best the best way to like not you know disclose too much is to just not acknowledge it at all like right yeah like you know if you're the base commander of some of these places and all the strange things are happening like you have to know you gotta know (laughs) you gotta at least hear some whispers in the bathroom about you know those strange things happening on your base i don't know you know um it's just it's a strange topic no, absolutely strange. And and he's got to know. I mean, you, you're right. I mean, there's water cooler talk. There's, you know, there's 
you know, just got new guys to show up that don't know the the rules of engagement and just start talking and that when they shouldn't be talking. There's all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, it, and it kind of goes with the weird mystique of the area and stuff. I mean, the the like even when he was saying about how, um, oh shoot, I forget where. But he was he's he was talking about locally how there's weird rituals that happen out there and stuff. Yeah, I mean, Amboy. Yeah, Amboy. Like like I don't know how far Amboy is from Joshua Tree, but I know we had a wild ritual that ha- that was retold on this show uh, that happened in Joshua Tree, and uh, it's like I, I talked to another guy who was stationed at Twenty Nine Palms, who I guess he was in charge of. Um, I guess guys who were going to be who are getting like guess kicked out of the military, and I guess there's like this holding period, yeah. and uh, you know where he he was in charge of those guys, you know, before they actually were officially kicked out. And one of those guys was one weird dude, man. And uh, yeah, he he was he was in he was he had um he had he was in some kind of cult. He had to be. Uh, they they had to go pick him up from a house off base one day, and uh, the people that he was living with. We're calling him father, and he called them his children. And it's like, yeah, no wonder why you're getting kicked out. <laughs> you're weird, bro. Yeah. <laughs> there are uh, there are some strange people that join the military. I've met my fair share of people that claim to be Satanists and uh, Wiccans and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, bro, all of them were not exactly the best soldiers. <laughs> I'll put that out there. No kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like. Oh wow! I wonder why my barracks are such a dark and terrible place. As I look at the Ouija board, just <laughs> literally sitting on the counter, I like tell I like I was like well, I've that's a true story by the way. That's a true story. I've come into a I've come into the barracks room doing a check and I'm like what is that? And I look at the Ouija board and they're like, oh, it's a game. I'm like a oh, bullshit. Get rid of that now. Like <laughs> no, get rid of that shit. Wow. Like you people wonder why the barracks are haunted. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No one. That's so judgy. I don't care. Get it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I met I met one time, small anecdote, two, sol- two p- different soldiers that live on Fort Bragg. Both are practicing Wiccans. Both live like literally next door to each other unbeknownst. One had a dark presence in his room that like tried to kill him. Or he felt like was trying to like kill him. And the other one was having nightmares about a dark presence that literally was the same description of like what the dude was seeing. And I was like, did it ever occur to you with you pe- with you looking into witchcraft and things you maybe don't understand, like, oh, like I'm a devil worshiper. Like, hmm, it may occur to you that you're attracting things that maybe you don't want to attract. And the response was? They're like, nothing. Like, they're just like, oh, you know, uh, like, like they just blew that, blew it off. I'm like, bro, you guys, you guys are going to get possessed. You guys are like literally the white person in the movie that is the catalyst for everything. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I I think uh, one plus one equals two. I, I know that's just the way I look at it. It's just like okay, it's not that hard, you know. Uh, Occam's razor, right? Okay, time for our sponsor today, which is the OG sponsor of the Confessionals, Simply Safe. Simply the best. The average break-in lasts 8 to 10 minutes, so fast response is crucial. That's why Simply Safe's home security launched its breakthrough technology, 24-7 lifeguard protection, to help stop crime 
in real time. Now, Simply Safe's professional monitoring agents can actually see, speak, and deter intruders in your home through the new Smart Alarm wireless indoor camera. The new Smart Alarm indoor camera is the only indoor security camera that can trigger the alarm and instantly deter intruders with a built-in siren. With advanced motion detection, the Smart Alarm indoor camera can sense the difference between the potential intruder and pets to reduce false alarms. 24-7 lifeguard protection and the new Smart Alarm indoor camera work seamlessly as part of the entire Simply Safe security system to keep your whole home safe from break-ins, fire, flooding, and more. Right now, the Confessionals listeners get a special 20% off any Simply Safe system when you sign up for a free month trial of fast protection monitoring. The special offer is for a limited time only. Visit simplysafe.com slash confessionals. That's simplysafe.com slash confessionals. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Uh, we were talking about Amboy a little bit. I see that you have Amboy in here. Uh, I, I think I actually skipped a story here, but... Um, yeah. No worries. Yeah. Yeah, so Amboy... I never went to Amboy... Well, I, I probably did. I just don't remember it. But I do remember hearing stories about all the cults and stuff out there. My brother, who's also in the Marine Corps, knows a ton of Marines that were stationed there. And they, they all attest that Amboy is a very strange place uh, with very strange people. And the rumor... And, you know... The rumor is it's a lot of satanic cults out there, um, which kind of checks out with most military bases being in the middle of nowhere. There's always a rumor of a cult out in the training area or people doing weird things. Um, you know, as an example, I may have mentioned it on the last show, and I don't remember if I did. Like, I was in the training area at Fort Drum, and we found, like, a basement to, like, an old house that had used to have been there. We walked in the basement, and it was literally covered in walls with satanic symbols. And what looked like an altar to be down there. And we're like, yep, time to leave. Time, we're leaving now. Get Oops. out. <laughs> Found more than we were like, looking for. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to throw all of our, uh, all of our trash and piss bottles in here. <laughs> <laughs> Add to the mess. Uh, how far is Amboy from 29 Palms? So I would have to look that up. I'm not 100% sure. I can actually... Look it up right now. Um, I believe it is on the outskirts. It's not far. Um, so it is exactly uh, from 29 Palms, Maine. It is exactly 50 minutes. Okay, so not very far at all. And that's about the usual uh, distance for like some of these towns, like right outside. And if I look up the Marine Corps Exchange, it's 57 minutes from like the actual Marine Corps base. It's about north. In between the lovely towns of Shambliss and Baghdad, California. You could also, on the same road, go to Siberia if you would like. Wow, and trip around the world, not even leaving the state of California. Amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's like, it's, there's these rumors and stories of, you know, stuff. If I, I can just read the story right here so your viewers can just kind of understand what we're talking about. So this is from a soldier who, uh, no soldier, I'm sorry. For force of habit, a Marine who was stationed out of 29 Palms talking about the town of Amboy that's to the north of it. Uh, so when, I, when we entered the fleet, our seniors immediately told us about the satanic rituals that are held by the locals of Amboy, California, the town just outside 29 Palms. They were held, or so we speculated, at a large, quote-unquote, volcano-looking mound. 
It was very large and pure black. It stuck out like a sore thumb in the desert and went against any baseline that the Mojave Desert had. Of course, of course, curiosity killed the. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, let me rephrase. Of course, the curiosity eventually killed us young lance corporals, metaphorically speaking. Uh, it was said that the Joshua trees there are biblical and that they only grow in two areas of the world, Jerusalem and the 29 Palms slash Joshua tree area. Jerusalem being the gates of heaven and 29 Palms being the rumored gates of hell. So the curiosity of us young lance corporals decided that we need to go investigate this so-called gate of hell. And we made the trip one night to the large volcano looking mound. Upon arrival, we discovered numerous satanic items and weird drawings in the black dirt and dust. But the people were definitely there. I can't confirm exactly what took place there, but it seemed like as if rituals were going on. Just down the road from the famous Roy's Motel, and not even a mile from the volcano thing, there are these ginormic satanic lion statues in the middle of the desert facing the volcano. Anyway, we used to have to drive through Amboy every time to get to Vegas on our weekend trips. Every time we would pass these statues, I swear they would clearly be in different locations. But each time they moved, they remained looking at the same direction of the volcano. I'm not kidding, though. No humans could have picked up and moved these statues, but there they were, moved around, and they were massive. We once tried to pick them up with the hoist, and they were just simply too heavy for any of our equipment. It's a pretty creepy place, and Amvoy is a very odd area. A lot of spooky shit goes on over there. So th these these statues, they, they would just move. Uh, is this something that like everybody knows is there? I never heard of the statues until that point. I can, I've tried to look it up. I'll see if I can bring it up real quick. Uh, I have heard that they're either an art installation or yeah, the guardian lions of route 66. This is from Atlas Obscura. Um, and so I don't know if they're necessarily real or not. Uh, so <laughs> along 66 route 66, four miles east of the landmark Roy's motel and cafe, an attentive traveler may catch a sight of two large white statues set back about 500 feet from the eastbound roadside. Further investigation will reveal a pair of solid marble Chinese guardian lions laced spaced a quarter mile apart, surrounded by nothing but desert, chaparral, hot sun, and unpeated winds. Most days you can clearly see the lions from Amboy Crater, the geolo geological remains of an extinct cinder cone volcano five miles to the west, making the presence of these marble creatures that much more otherworldly. Often called food dogs in the West, these guardians are most, most notably gendered by the tokens they hold. The male, symbolizing yang, holds an embroidered ball, representing, and the female, symbolizing yin, shelters a cub. It is unknown how the lions got there, standing about five feet high and elevated on a cinder block pedestals. They were first sighted in 2013, and whoever placed them there has never stepped forward to claim responsibility. Administrators of the Lions' Facebook page emphasize that they are not the benefactors. The mystery serves only to amplify their allure. How and why the two two carved solid marble statues weighing thousands of pounds were transported there four miles from the west to the nearby town remains a mystery. Other mysteries circulate online to the origin of the visitor logbooks at the sites pondering the significance of the surveyor's brass waymarks pounded into the earth before the female lion. Is it a geocache hidden in plain sight? What are the significance of the real estate signs placed on the roadside north of the male lion? Whatever the origins, the passerbys have, have attached their own meaning. People leave coins, trinkets, and the lion stand watch of the ever-changing landscape of the meaning of of the desert. So, interesting stuff. Yeah, very Seems interesting. Seems like no one knows what they are. Yeah, and if, if they're moving around, that's, uh, well, that's quite glitchy. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of uh, the shisha dogs. You ever heard of the shisha dogs? No, I like haven't. The, uh, they kind of look like, they're like these Japanese 
uh, statues of these like crazy looking dogs, and they're supposed to be like ward off evil spirits and protect the house. And so like they're kind of known for like putting them down. Um, and I've always wondered. I, I, now I just wonder. Not always wonder, but now I just kind of clued into me. You know, if this is a place that's known for like evil, like these guys went into this volcano and saw like all this weird stuff. Is there like some type of with these Chinese lions, like a guardian type, a protection type symbolism behind them? And maybe somebody put them there on purpose, facing towards the volcano. Very interesting. To but, guard for, I don't know. Like, it's it kind of weird, man. Yeah, it, it seems like there's just a lot of symbolism out there. A lot of, uh, it seems like everywhere you're turning, there is something that deserves further looking into and trying to understand. Uh, now, the idea of, I think he said uh, Jerusalem being the gateway to heaven and uh, 29 palms. Did he say 29 palms was the gateway to hell? Yes, he did. Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> like, I mean, obviously that's his opinion, bro. But, you know, like with all the stories coming out of that area, it does not surprise me that people would come to those kind of conclusions. Uh, I have been talking about the possibility of uh, a thinning of the veil, uh, like a spiritual veil uh, in some of these areas, 29 Palms, Joshua Tree, that area being one of them, where the veil is thinner and therefore, let's just call it a you know, veil and portal, the same th- same word almost. But uh, I, I do think there might be something to it for sure. Yeah. I, uh, it's definitely like, it's, it's a weird place. Like, and I just, uh, I, I have found many stories of just cults in the desert and it just seems to kind of like fit the mythos of that area, satanic panic or not. But I don't know. I've met plenty of, uh, strange characters that like to worship dark deities. So who knows? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the uh, ter- the term satanic panic. Uh, I understand the, the motivation behind it, but it's like a blanket statement anymore for any time you bring up anything. It's like, oh, it's satanic panic. It's like, no, I'm not panicked about anything. I'm talking about real yeah. things that are happening and are... Which attribute- is hilarious. What, like, what? Which is hilarious because my during my that time when my dad was in high school, he would in Cal- uh, not California, uh, San Antonio, there's limestone caves everywhere. Guess what? Everyone knew was happening in the limestone caves. Like, there's Satanists would hold rituals in the limestone caves, and he would tell me like, and he never took part in this, but he knew of he knew of things happening of you know, a bunch of good old boy Southern rednecks, God fearing rednecks would go into these canyons and caves and chase out all the Satanists. Hey, boy, so, gonna chase you with my Bible now. Yeah. Came a wrong country. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I think it's a real thing. I think it's a real issue. I think that the idea of thinning of veils, portals deserve more explanation, uh, not explanation, well, explanation, but exploration uh, and uh, further understanding. And I, I've been doing a lot of that recently uh, with the show, independently uh, looking into certain things and under, trying to understand how it all works. It's it's very complicated, but it's something that I think uh, is very real. And the more we understand it, I think the more it helps to explain and give us understanding of things that people are experiencing, uh, which, you know, is kind of the goal here. So, Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so what's this U.S. Marine glitch? Uh, 
story here. So I know you, you requested glitch stories. So uh, this is another one. Um, okay. So this one was in the first book. Um, so this was kind of the first I started getting like the glitch stories. This is the first one I got. Um, so I'll just go ahead and read it. So this is U.S. Marine here. So unlike most stories that I've heard or read on the platform, this isn't exactly an alien or cryptid story. This is more of what I consider a glitch in the matrix type story or event that happened to me. This event took place in 29 Palms, California. It's a Marine Corps base in the Mojave Desert about three hours away from Las Vegas. It tends to get hottest during the day and coldest during the night. During this time, me and my battle buddy were undergoing our training to become comms Marines. We picked up in the same class, so we spent a lot of times together. One of those times was at night. We had gone off the class for the day, and we were walking back to the evening chow. Our rooms were in the second barracks between the first and the, the first and the third, also known as the BMAP barracks. When he had reached the bottom stairs, my battle buddy looked at me and initiated a race up to the second floor where the rooms were at. He had a head start, and but he wasn't too far from me. Down looked at this. I looked down at the stairs because I was skipping, and I reached the top of the stairs and looked up, expecting to see my battle buddy standing there next to me, but he wasn't there. I searched around the corner, expecting him to jump out at me, and he wasn't there either. I went across the hall and up up to the third floor, calling his name without answering, without any answer. I even went back down. I know I was calling out loud because one of the rooms had a, had curtains open, and the people inside were making rude gestures and motioning for me to be quiet as I yelled. I gave up and thought that maybe my battle buddy had made it to the room somehow, beating me like with no explanation. On my way back, my name was called right behind me. I turned around; it was my battle buddy. We were both confused. After we talked, I found out that from his perspective, he had been standing at the top of the second floor stairs the entire time waiting for me. And this is where it gets weird. The staircase is not that wide. So even if I hadn't seen him, my battle buddy is a big guy and I would have bumped into him if I ran up those stairs head on. But neither of us saw each other. I was calling out his name and I knew it was loud enough to hear because the people in the rooms were responding to it. But he said that he heard nothing. He also said that he had called out to me, but I heard nothing either. We, we, we were freaked out about it, and we told the rest of our classmates, but they didn't believe us or just brushed us off. However, the part of the story that makes me believe there was some, this is the part of the story that makes me believe there's something more to it. A couple days later, our story had reached the ears of our instructor. He asked, us, he asked me about it, and I told him what happened. I expected him to make light of it and brush it off as a joke like everyone else. I wasn't serious. That wasn't until I saw his expression. He became serious and looked me dead and said, do not talk about this anymore. I don't know what he was trying to hide or if this was some government, something government related. I know that this story doesn't seem like much, but it's a reoccurring topic my battle buddy and I still talk about. We still speculate about what happened that day. Maybe one of us slipped into a wormhole or another dimension. But whatever happened, I know there's something more to it. So do you think, first of all, all right, which one do I want to do first? So do you think that... Um, <laughs> The this uh, I guess instructor or whoever that pulled him aside. Do you think that it could have been just him thinking, okay, boys, like, you keep talking like this, you're gonna get kicked out. So why don't you just keep this to yourself? Or do you think that he would have said something like that if there was nothing to hide? I know that's a tough one. Um, I could also see it as like <laughs> I could literally see it as the instructor, like, hey, so stop talking about this because I don't want to have to address it with the commander. Right. Or if somebody asks, I don't want to have to be like, yeah, my two soldiers, my two Marines, sorry, are talking about how they had a glitch in the matrix. I could see it like that, like literally like I don't want to deal with this right now. Um, I could see it as like an acknowledgement of something weird that was happening, but not to say something to jeopardize like, you know, people to 
start thinking you're crazy or something like that or to question your your mental state i could also see it as you know maybe they know that there's something weird out there and they're just like hey we don't talk about this here you know i, I don't know it's hard to tell like that story w- wasn't a lot of information given uh, in terms from the other instructor side but i would love to talk to that instructor to hear about you know the stuff that they experience yeah i mean especially if there's a reason why he said it that way uh he he must know something uh it's interesting now from your perspective uh what do you like you said this was your first glitch story uh that you got i mean what was your perspective receiving this story were you just like come on guy or were you kind of like already geared towards it so i'll uh i wouldn't i would call it more of like maybe a time slip or something like that or a, a dimensional shift i don't really buy into the simulation uh mumbo jumbo i think it's kind of a cringy like I watched the matrix too many times, like theory, you know, I saw a computer simulation. I feel like as a nihilist dog whistle and uh, for your <laughs> listeners that don't know anything about me, I can't stand like nihilism. And, uh, you know, I feel like I, I won't get into it, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I never, I never buy into it. Cause I always challenge people like, Oh, okay. So if this is all a computer simulation, why did the simulation deem that furry porn is something that needs to exist? Mm. Like, an, an ever conceivable infinite simulation that is trying to trick us that this is all ex- in existence. Why do we have things? Why do we have such insane, weird topics that we talk about like furry porn? You can't answer. And none of them can ever answer that question. Like none of them can ever justify why something like that would exist or like why the, why a simulation that is simulating evolution would create the platypus. <laughs> yeah, people can't answer that, you know, so I'm like, I, I just don't buy into the computer simulation thing. I've, I know a lot of people that do. That's just not me. Uh, I'm a firm, firm believer in what we're living in the reality that we have been given, you know, but I do believe that sometimes maybe there's like glitches in reality where people pass into other dimensions and come here and leave uh, like the famous, the case of the man from um, Tuared, I think it was called. Uh, there's there's that case of the man that he came. He had a passport with countries that never existed, clothing of brands that never existed, and as mysteriously as he disappeared, and people are trying to figure out where he was from, he vanished. Yeah. Um, I think I think it was Tuared. I, I could be I could be wrong. I I do believe that you know in a infinite universe, the possibility that there's different dimensions is exists, and I'm sure the fabric reality has its own little slips, like you said, where the veil gets thin and. You know, pe- things cross over and cross back without even realizing it. Yeah, I I think that for me, uh, that's the angle I go with a lot on this stuff. Um, and things crossing over is something that I think is happening more than people are comfortable with. Uh, I've started just kind of wearing the the term woo woo uh, as like a badge of <laughs> honor. I'm just like, yeah. I know, but it's it's okay. I mean, I uh, you you get labeled certain things, and I think sometimes even maybe subconsciously, the people doing the labeling do it to almost scare somebody into not going down the weird route. Uh, and I, I just I think that there's there's too much here to ignore anymore. Uh, what if, for instance, uh, Grush David Grush just had his uh, hearing yesterday at the, at the time of this recording before Congress. And uh, I'm not going to get you talking on it too much because I don't want you getting in trouble. 
but uh <laughs> but um you know he's in there and he's talking about again he he was very careful on how he answered questions very deliberate terminology and biologics that are not human he never said that they came from another star system and you can go so you can go down so many different ways of thinking like to the ridiculous of you know it could have been a a piece of grass on on a craft that's a biologic uh that was not human but i personally believe that there's a mix of a lot of things here but we're i think what we're probably talking about is a lot more of interdimensional beings than we are talking about extraterrestrial beings yeah and when you're saying non-human intelligence uh that fits the bill things coming from other realms and through other uh dimensions and you know maybe that's what's going on with 29 palms maybe that area is a portal location where the veil is thin and things come through and people who dabble in the occult and things like that know it and that's why they choose to do their rituals out there and maybe that's why there's a military base there to begin with maybe they understood that too I mean, you know, the some of the early founders of the U.S. space program were practicing occult members. What's oh, his name? I thought, I thought um, that was conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, word of uh, they all also. So, well, no, no, there was it was before that. I think like Jim Parsons or something was his name. Oh, okay. Uh, it was like the first. Uh, I have to look. I have. To, I could be wrong, but if, if I recall, I remember looking into this about uh the first the before Werner von braun and nasa kicked off like the first rocket launched in the united states like successfully part of our a very very early space program like those guys that like were part of that were also occultist so they brought more uh, occultists also, in from germany then yeah who also those original occultists on the day of the successful launch all mysteriously died in a gas explosion at their house gas explosion it's separate houses the, or one house Separate houses. Wow. No, no, in one house. They're oh. in one house. Oh, They're all in say. one house. That's what it was. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like pushed off as like a, a tragic accident, but the, the long standing rumor and belief is they were conducting a ritual towards like some sun being or something for the launch of the craft. And, you know, it something something went awry and the whole the whole ritual blew up. When when rituals go wrong or when rituals go wild, you know, you decide once, it's gone crazy. Once again, though. I'm asking. It's not Jim Parsons. That's the guy from freaking Big Bang Theory. It was another dude. Uh, <laughs> I have to look it up. I listened to it on the Unexplained podcast a long time ago, and I found it fascinating. Oh, we don't that, we um, don't mention other podcasts on this one. No, I'm, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't care. Uh, actually, I should probably reach out to those guys. Um, but um. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I just, at the time this recording, it hasn't aired yet, but I believe, yeah. So next Tuesday, I have a guy on uh, and we're talking to, we, we go all over the place, but we do hint on the idea of portals. Uh, and we talk more about the idea of mind portals, which is a whole different route to go. Uh, but I do think that, I think things are coming through and I don't think it's just spookies. I don't think it's just, ooh, a thin veil and a ghost comes through or a spirit come through. Uh, I think these are very physical things that are coming through from other realms where they physically exist and operate in. And they know how to access 
more than we do. I think that there's a whole spiritual angle to that, to be honest with you, uh, through the curse of, uh, through the, the curse of the garden of Adam, Adam and Eve and the garden of Eden. Um, could it be that aliens are simply demons? Oh, that's uh, a very real possibility. Uh, like, I don't know. People's talking about how they invoke the name of Jesus Christ in front of beings that look like graves. Yeah. They suddenly want to leave. Just saying, you know, we never know. Maybe Warhammer 40K was trying to tell us something. Well, <laughs> Warhammer 40K, what's that? Yeah, oh, it's a tabletop game. But like some of the factions, okay. there's like humans fighting against like literal demons trying to take over the universe and like aliens and stuff like that. And there's, uh, you know, like the, one of the factions is uh, they're like these demons that all look like aliens and stuff like that. And, you know, it's you some of your some of your fans probably know what it is yeah the, I, don't, I don't get into the hobby tony it's too expensive don't do it <laughs> don't fall into the trap definitely won't uh no but i i think aliens uh could could definitely be, be demonic but i don't i don't know if all of them are demonic um mm-hmm. i think there definitely could be uh I, along with a lot of this kind of stuff i think there's there's imitations there's replications uh and so i, I leave i leave a lot of wiggle room for this stuff um, there's a lot of people who I respect from the Christian theological standpoint that do make very coherent arguments for the real existence of alien life off planet. Uh, and so I, I just, I like hearing all the different ideas and, uh, theories, um, and, and let the cards fall where they may. But I really, really, I can't stress how much I believe I really believe. And again, I'm okay being wrong. If somebody proves me wrong. But I, at this point in time of this recording, I very much believe that there are physical entities. I don't even want to say entities. There are physical beings that are existing in other realms that do operate physically in other realms. And they know how to access us in this realm more than we know how to access that realm. And uh, for a very long time, all that kind of talk was woo-woo, weird impossible sci-fi stuff that nobody wanted to take serious outside of occultists. And now I think people are starting to wake up to the realization that, hey, uh, the only way to explain some of this stuff is the fact that there are other realms that things are are operating in. And um, I believe there are real wars happening in other realms. And uh, sometimes those wars spill out over onto this side. Uh, it, it's it, I, I think that this side could be an escape for certain things that are happening in the other realms. Um, but we'll go, I, I, I'm just going to let it go. Um, so <laughs> I, let's get into uh, 29 Palms Portal uh, because I think that this is, uh, well, I, I, I haven't read the story, but I, I think this is something that I, I kind of been wanting to hear because I've been talking about portals and stuff. In oh, yeah. Area. So this is uh this one actually I don't think I've posted it on the page at all. So for the listeners, you get get an exclusive. Um, so this is like another instance of like maybe one of those slips or you know um, like I, I don't know. I'll, I'll just go ahead and read it. So <clears throat> all right, I was stationed at Twenty Nine Palms, but took a, a quick trip home. Quick, quick trip home to Santa Barbara for the weekend. On my way back, I stopped at the Baker's Field at Baker's Field to visit a friend, and then my way back to Twenty Nine, kind of later than I had hoped. The only way from Bakersfield to 29 is some sketchy dirt roads that didn't have much traffic passing by. I was worried too much. I wasn't worried too much because I was already on the road called Old Women's Springs. So that meant I was close to Yucca Valley. And so for the listeners, I actually used to live 
near Yucca Valley. So I kind of remember what he's talking about. Um, all that I could think in my head was, yes, finally I'll be off this sketchy, creepy two-lane road. But darkness set in a lot quicker than I expected. Too quick, actually. I grew more concerned the darker it got. Pretty soon I was in complete darkness. I still had a good distance until I was off Old Woman Springs Road, which worried me a lot. While driving, I felt this sort of fuzzy, uncomfortable panic feeling, and I unlocked my phone to call my girlfriend, only to find big words on my phone saying, no service, I thought to myself. I began growing more and more worried and uncomfortable seeing that I had no service, and only because I couldn't call, but was using GPS off my phone since that my service went out and I had no clue what path to follow or take the exit. Then remember that it showed Old Woman Springs Road was a straight dirt road that, road that takes you to Yucca and nowhere else. So I thought, okay, well, I don't have to worry about exits, just go straight. I continued going straight with the feeling of uncomfort, but only, but yeah, I kept going straight, but the feeling of uncomfort and worry only grew. Anxious to get off this road, I began speeding up. 75 was what my miles per hour meter read. My mind went blank and I felt a strange feeling. Then suddenly I was driving on this two-lane road. Dandelions began slowly sprouting from the dirt edges of the road as I stared at the and I stared at these dandelions as they grew two, then five, then ten, then fifteen. I rubbed my eyes and opened them wider, hoping to see the dandelions go away, but they didn't go away. I wasn't imagining this. I thought to myself, this is actually happening. As much as I wanted them to go away, they didn't. These dandelions slowly began to dance side by side. I felt as if they were taunting me because they weren't leaving. The more freaked out I got by this, <clears throat> the more I pressed on the accelerator. 80, 85, 90, 95. At this point, I didn't give a fuck. I want to get off this road already. Anything to get me off this road, just get me off. My phone light. My phone lights up. Two minutes have passed since I lost service, <clears throat> but it felt at the minimum 20 minutes. I could have sworn that it was so much longer than two minutes. Text messages from my girlfriend come through, and I grab my phone to call her. She answers. The relief I felt to be able to have service again was nothing like I ever felt before. I tell her to stay on the phone. Please do not hang up. And then she asked what's wrong, and I said, everything's okay. I just repeat myself, do not hang up. Most of the call was silenced because of how afraid I was. My GPS reconnects, but I follow the directions. And I follow, I, I just follow the directions. Then I began to pull off from the road and make a few turns. I look at the area, and it looks familiar. It didn't look like Yucca at all. This area looks to the south of 29 Palms, but how could that be possible? I need to go through Yucca Valley and Joshua Tree still to get to 29 Palms. I check my GPS and it shows Adobe Road. I think to myself, wait, this isn't right. How am I here? It's another 30 to 45 minutes from Yucca to 29 Palms. I didn't pass through Yucca or Joshua Tree, and I know I didn't pass through them. I began driving down Adobe Road and past Studs Cut. Sure enough, I was in 29 Palms, and my GPS confirmed it for me. Every time I checked, it wasn't possible for me to have come from the south side of 29 Palms because Old Woman Springs Road only leads to Yucca Valley. I wanted to get back to the barracks. I checked my GPS. I didn't check during the drive because I was too focused on getting there and asking questions. After getting to the barracks, I checked my GPS and find that old woman Springs road. And I found the old Sp woman Springs road. And sure enough, it's a one-way trip to Yucca Valley. But the trail I came off of, which I assume was Utah trail could only be reached by taking the exit off the freeway coming from Arizona. I was coming from the West and somehow ended up from the South. I'm not sure how this happened, but it took me about a year before I felt comfortable talking about this openly. And then so the, so the Marine sends me a picture of the kind of like the layout and to like orientate like your, your listeners. So Yucca Valley and Joshua Tree go um, west to east, right, across and then come in from 29 and then ends up with 29 Palms to the west, to the east, right? Uh, it's a straight line. 
So he was coming from the northwest down on uh, this this old woman springs road road. Uh, so he had to get through Yucca Valley. He had to hit Yucca Valley, and he had to hit Joshua Tree to end up at Twenty Nine Palms. Somehow, in this event, when this darkness set in, he saw these dandelions, whatever. When he comes to, he's on a road going north into Twenty Nine Palms, not southwest. If that makes sense, yeah, or so, southeast, as, I, as I'll say. So he he's essentially going south out west goes through this experience and he is now uh, when he comes through it heading north out east so like if the road is the equator line you know like so you have yucca valley joshua tree 29 palms all in one line going through the middle of your your line of sight uh, say on the page or the screen of a computer he's going from the on the left side of that screen down south has the experience and then on the right side of the screen is then afterwards going north in the in the east up towards 29 palms. So he literally skipped an entire area, went to another area, turned around and was going north instead of south. He never should have at one time during this entire commute be going north. It, that that makes yep. zero sense. Uh and then on top of it, just judging by the image that he sent you that you sent to me, uh if it was so he said two minutes passed, but it felt like it was twenty. There's no way to get where from where he left off to where he wound up in twenty minutes, let alone two minutes. I mean, we're talking some serious mountain terrain road. Uh, this is a very long distance. I, I'm willing to bet from Yucca Valley to twenty nine palms, you're probably looking at at least a 35, 40 minute drive just on that straight line itself. It's wild. That's wild. Yep. That's like, uh, maybe it goes back to what we were saying, Tony. <laughs> Portals and time slips and, you know, it's maybe maybe there's just a, could it be or some experiments? Yeah, cool. That, I mean, like, it sounds cool, like Stranger Things, but like Occam's Razor works both ways. Maybe the simplest answer is that there's something going on. There's a, like a thinning of the veil, like you said. Yeah. Um, if if I can, if I could read this next story, it kind of like even points more towards that. Um, Please. So this this next story uh, is a little bit different from the portal ones we've been telling, but um, I, I think this kind of leads into like that time slip concept we're talking about. So this is called uh, this is a story that is being told that was told secondhand. Uh, this guy this guy swears that this master sergeant he heard it from was trustworthy. He believed them. Um, and he believed him because of how, how he saw the look on his face and how, how it affected him. So here's the story. Uh, here's a creepy story that shook me as a boot. This story is being retold. I had a master sergeant tell it to me during his first ITX supporting the 1st Battalion, 12th Marines. I'm an intel guy, by the way. It was near the end of the uh, exercise, or white flags, late at night. All of them were huddling in the battalion talk when the crusty master sergeant told us a story that when he was in 29 Palms conducting Mojave Viper. He was a Lance Corporal at the time and mentioned how one night after the battalion shoot, he was heading to his sleep site. He got lost under the low illumination caused by the almost non-existent moon. So he walked towards the sound of footsteps, and he was thinking he was walking towards Marines. He was right. He was walking towards a group of Marines in the dark. When he got closer, however, he discovered a fire team of Marines on patrol. 
Strangely, under the minimal moonlight, he saw that the Marines were wearing the old-style olive drab uniforms and rocking the Alice gear from the 50s and 60s. The team leader halted the Marines, looked over at the, lan- the, the young Lance Corporal, and back to his team, simply saying, we shot the wrong azimuth. They headed away in the opposite direction, fading into the darkness. The Master Sergeant was convinced he saw spirits from a lost patrol from the training exercise. What's an azimuth? So an azimuth is like when you take the compass, you're shooting like a direction. So like he's looking at his compass and he's saying, we need to go this degrees north. That's his azimuth. So it was like, you know, I found it funny because they just like, they're just lost. Yeah. And maybe they got lost because they, they went, they ended up somewhere they weren't supposed to be in a different time. That's wild. So, uh, so these were Marines just from the fifties and sixties. Yeah. I want to know how long has this been going on in this area? You know, like they like could, could these Marines, the fifties and sixties Marines, could they have experienced some kind of time slip that put them into that, that location? They experienced that guy. This is wild because it's like it's like two different perspectives. Like he experienced the fifties and sixties Marines. They experienced him. Could they both have experienced each other at the same time in their right. own time slips together, but separately? Does that make sense? Like it's weird, dude. Oh, it's crazy. And I don't know, there's just stories like that from a lot of other bases too, where like oh. you're walking through the training area and you see like a tank from the sixties rolling through. And it's just like, what, like, is there such thing as ghost tanks? Could it have just been like, you just saw a sudden glimpse into the past or, you know, I don't know. Like, it's just so strange. Like, (laughs) I just don't know how to explain it. And so the, the, the fifties and sixties group of soldiers, they're the ones that said we shot the wrong azimuth or azimuth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they're like, uh, we overshot this one, boys go back. (laughs) Yep. That's wild, man. That's that's crazy, man. Shoot, dude. Uh, I gotta get out there. I gotta get out there. I just, I, just I, I watch can, out for the Colts. Well, that's the whole point, right? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to go find them. Uh yeah, I gotta talk to you about after we're done recording though, about some things I'm working on uh in for for different areas, but I think you might be interested in nonetheless. Um, yeah, I, that's all I'm going to say right now. Cause I don't, I don't want to say too much and then not, you know, all that I, I'm known for saying too much apparently. So <laughs> <laughs> people are like, shut your mouth for the love of God. Just one time, just shut it. Um, that's interesting. So, all right. So I, I see all these other stories here, but like, what's your take of this area and stuff? I mean, are we talking, uh, wait, the tanker Marine, is that what you were just talking about? Uh, which one is that? Two stories down from the one you read, just read, Tanker Marine. Oh yeah, so I mean, I'll I'll kind of get into it since there's a lot of stories. So like, there's also these like, so again, like, so this story and the one before it, uh, th- there's like all these accounts of pe- people seeing like, you know, ghosts, ghosts or what have you, Marines in the wrong uniform, like, uh. That story, like this, you know, this, the 60s Marines, Marines in like the, the desert storm kind of pattern uniforms, like Marines out of place wearing the wrong gear at the wrong time. Um, 
there's several like legends like kind of like the more recent mainstream one is there's this legend of like the the sergeant right quote unquote skinwalker slash ghost slash whatever could be just a creepy pasta could just be some some you know jackass puts puts in a fake story but there's these stories of like people seeing like these lone marines out in the desert wearing the wrong uniform watching them that when they mysteriously go back to look for them or go try to find them they can never find them um you know, there's there's some stories I included in there that were like, you know, we saw this guy watching us through this tower. There's only one way in in and out. We surrounded it and couldn't find him. You know, or like dudes getting dragged, accidents happening after they see these marines. Um, I, I don't know, maybe they're ghosts. There's also, you know, I've surprisingly have not gotten any stories on this or one or two, very small. But there's this whole story of the yucca man, yeah, uh, a bigfoot like creature that lives out and is seen in 29 palms. It's a legend out there of Marines that have seen the Yucca man at night. But like, you know, I, I have gotten almost no stories on that from Marines out there. That's wild. Uh, maybe I just, maybe it's just, I haven't talked to the right people yet. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe they just haven't found your Instagram page yet, but uh, that, that's wild because uh, I, I had a guy on years ago. I think I called the episode, the Yucca man. I had never heard of the Yucca man until he had come on the show to talk about it. I might have even tried. I might have even been on that show. And be like, yeah, I, I know all about the Yucca Man. Researched it for years. Uh, I, I was like, I, I no, I, I don't think I did that because I think I was calling it Yucca Man. I was like, what's the Yucca Man? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a that's a very popular Bigfoot type cryptid that is talked about being out there. Um, I'm seeing this 29 Palm story. Uh, some things here we can get into. Uh, but I, I just got to say thank you for um, deciphering the code because like when I'm reading these stories and stuff, some like I can tell like the soldiers are writing these because they're like first BN 12 MAR. I'm like, what? Like, I, I don't even know what that means. And you're like battalion. I'm like, oh, got it. Got it. You know, so uh, it's it's the code that I can't read because I'm not a soldier. I, I don't get it. So thank you for deciphering that. Yeah. The- Military loves their acronyms and abbreviations, and there's still acronyms that I just refer to them by the acronyms, and I I don't know what they mean. Oh, really? I don't know what the acronym is. I just refer to it. You're like, I don't know what it means, but I know what where it gets me. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> That's funny, man. Oh shoot! Oh, uh, all right. Well, let's get let's get into. Uh, do you want to get into these stories? Yeah, we can read another one. So, like, these are kind of like within the same vein. So, these these next two are pretty short. Um, so, this one is another story. So, ba- I was back in 29 for 2018 for a combined arms breach exercise. My platoon of engineers were assigned with building a shit ton of obstacles for the other companies to breach. I had an, an incidental license. So I was driving back and forth about one and one half hours each way from Wilson to our training area. For the most part, it was just myself and a seven ton that would follow behind with the materials for the obstacles. On the last trip to Wilson, California, there was three additional seven tons, and we were going to follow me back to the training area full of Marines. It was about midnight on the last trip to the training area with the extra trucks behind me when I started seeing things off the side of the road, right out of view of my headlights. I thought it might be coyotes, so I kept going. Ten minutes or later or so, I swear I saw two Marines, both with their hands up, waving me down to stop. They had on the Desert Gore-Tex warming layers on, an M4 slung slung across each of them, and they just kept waving. It scared the hell out of me, but I stopped after passing them maybe 10 yards because they came up so quick. All the trucks stopped behind me, and I got out looking around with my white lights everywhere. I told the gunny that came out of one of the trucks why I stopped, and he, along with four of the Marines, started looking around, and we found nothing. 
It was all flat desert with nowhere to go for them to go. We couldn't find them at all. I told my platoon commander about it, and he jokingly said, just must have been some guys that were forgotten on road guard and just never made it out. Which, if you don't know anything about like some of the tragic history of 29 Palms that has happened, of Marines get left in the desert and then die of thirst because, you know, idiots forget about them. Like they're on training exercises and they forget about them? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There is a... There was an incident they left him. There's a famous incident where like they left a Marine out there in the training area. He died of thirst and exposure. Um, they reported him as being accounted for back in the back at the end of the exercise. And it wasn't, I think, until he, they found his body and they were home. Did it all come undone? And like, you know, the, the commander down to the platoon leaders, the sergeants, like all these people failed this Marine. Um, it's a very sad story. Like he legitimately was just left behind to die uh, because somebody was just not doing the right thing, you know, and it's unfortunate, but you know, that's what happens when, you know, you, you don't take people seriously and you, you know, you don't, you don't look, look out for people, unfortunately. And, you know, it's happened other times, like dudes just get left in the desert with not enough water. Um, you know, that place, that place is hot. That place is like, in that place it's like, it's close to death Valley. It's called death Valley. And that death Valley is called death Valley for a reason. And 29 palms is the high desert. And it's like, you know, like I know for me, like I would not do good in the desert because I drink a lot of water and I sweat a lot. Like for me, like I would get dehydrated very quick. There's other people that don't understand that. Um, you know, you can't leave someone with like a Nalgene of water and expect them to survive, you know, 150 degree heat for an entire day. Yeah. That's wild. That's, that's a shame. It's such a shame. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it seems like there's, there's a dark history here. And, uh, I don't know. I have you, so uh, this is not, I, I just got to ask like what, what happens when this happens though? Like do, do, do guys get kicked out of military for failing like that? Or do they just get demoted or what? Um, I mean, in a perfect world, yes. A lot of, a lot of dudes will, but uh, basically it's like a career under losing someone like that. And so like, there's different levels of like, you know, there is like, of tragedy that happens is like you know ultimately the 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 big guy the battalion commander that colonel is responsible for anything that happens right but like you know he's so far removed from the soldiers he doesn't know what individuals are doing so it's it's kind of like a it's a gray zone like you know that his that's that marines like immediate supervisor his team leader his squad leader his platoon leader that didn't ask the right questions like it was a failure of all these people um you know, and I've seen like whole whole command chains get relieved and moved and shut down. I've seen individual people get relieved over stuff like that. It just really depends. I, th I think in this day and age, that one kind of like was twi tried. They tried to sweep it under the rug and then it blew up in their face and it got reported like in this day and age, like you can't get away with that. Um, accountability is a huge hot topic in the military. And um, especially when it comes to human lives, like people are going to get held accountable. Like it was like the tragedy with those Marines that happened. Uh, they were in, they're in this, these amphibious vehicles that probably shouldn't have been operating, but people were like basically clearing them to operate. And, you know, it flooded and like all those guys drowned and, you know, all those, everyone in that chain of command got relieved, um, mm. you know, because, you know, there was just failures up and down, like everywhere people were just failing. And it's just, it goes back to, you know, if people, if you don't do the right things in anything, you know, people can get hurt. And I stress that to at least my people and 
in my career is like, you know, when it comes to like human lives and stuff like that, like we're not going to cut corners. We're not going to take shortcuts. Probably best. Uh, so yeah, listen, let's, let's start wrapping this, uh, first segment up here. Um, now we're going to head into an overtime where we talk about Afghan, the Afghan war, uh, and the, the wild weird things that soldiers encountered over there. Uh, and we're going to get into giant talk. I'm excited about it. Uh, before we move into that though, uh, why don't you take a chance to let people know again about the book? Because these stories are in the books and there's a lot more stories in the books. And there's a lot of people that are fascinated by these, these military experiences that these are all got, these aren't like, you know, my grandmother had an experience in a house next to a base. This is like, I'm a soldier. This is what I experienced kind of stories that people get with these books. Oh yeah. So like, so tales from the grid square, uh, for your listeners, if you're not already a follower, uh, Tales from the Grid Squares is located on Instagram. Um, it's literally Tales from the Grid Squares at Instagram. Uh, T-A-L-S underscore F-R-O-M underscore T-H-E underscore G-R-I-D-S-Q-U-A-R. Um, so you can follow the page, reach out, see the stories I post, the the, the memes I like to throw up to be silly sometimes, uh, articles that I find to the repost when it comes to like the military topic. Uh, talk to me, send me a message like, I'm, I'm always answering messages. At least I try. Um, you know, you, if you have an, a story, if you're a military member or know of a military member and you want to share a story, you can DM me on the page, reach out to me directly or send me an email, uh, tales from the grid square at gmail.com. All one word. Uh, go up, that's tales from the grid square at gmail.com. So any, please reach out to me if you have something to share as for the books, uh, tales from the grid square volume one and two can both be found on Amazon. Um, the, the difference between that and the page is some of those some of those stories are exclusive to the books. Uh, all those stories I've taken, I've categorized them by the branch locations, categories. Um, I've edited them so like you know there's I've tried to make it as easy for you to read as possible uh, and di- to digest it down as much as you can. The second I will say the second book has a couple cool pictures in there um, that I highly recommend checking out. And uh, yeah. Like, you know, I just, like I said, if you, I, it's a hundred percent done by me. So you support the, like you support the project, you support me much like you support Tony. Absolutely. And I highly encourage people to check it out. Uh, Nick, I remember you and I connecting a long time ago and I remember seeing your Instagram account. Uh, the first time I ever looked at it, I remember 5,000 followers and now you have 109,000 followers. So you've grown exponentially. Crazy. It's amazing. Uh, I just, I'm very happy for you. I applaud all the, the hard work you put into this uh, account. I mean, we have uh, 1,730 posts as of right now of, the, of this recording. There's a lot of content in there for people to kind of go through. And the books have awesome stuff as well. So Nick, I appreciate you coming on and chatting with me about the portals and thinning of the veil with 29 palms and all the weird stuff there out in the Joshua Tree area that has been getting so popular with my show. Uh, Listen, man, I appreciate it. For listeners listening right now, if you're a member, 
just head on over to the overtime section because there's a whole other conversation waiting for you. And we're going to re- also record one for Thursday members. So the Thursday show will be there as well, where we're talking about the Dogman incident of Fort Campbell. Maybe that's the title of the episode. Maybe that's what I'll call it. The, <laughs> the Dogman incident of Fort Campbell. But uh, if you're not a member, thanks for listening to this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. And please go ahead, check out Tales from the Grid Squares. Uh, on Instagram. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. Things look a little different when I look at the heavens. Glow from the brush strokes, leave a different impression. Behind the holy water, all I'm seeing is devils. Used to stop at the sixes, now I push to the sevens. This is my confession. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The lights around me beckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost in my reflection. No, no, no. I ain't trying to go away, yo. I don't know if I'm caught up in the lights on the mesa. They're so bright. Makes me think about life. In the desert, that's swallowing me whole. I'm just trying to cruise on a trail. Look at me, they look for something they can define I just never knew a box I couldn't decline I never thought of being one of a kind I just spent my time elevating my mind This is my confession, whoa, whoa, whoa The lights around me beckon, yeah, yeah, yeah Lost in my reflection, no, no, no I ain't trying to go away, yeah. I don't know if I'm caught up in the lights on the mesa. They're so bright. Makes me think about life. In the desert, that's swallowing me whole. I'm just trying to cruise on a trail. But I know that my screw is written in a way that will make it easy for me. I know. So bright